sorrow, like a ceaseless rain beats upon my heart. People twist and scream in pain. Dawn will find them still again. This has neither wax nor wane, neither stop nor start. Good and, morning, Bob. And I'm Deacon Bob. That's lovely. It was a tough sports week for me. It was it? Yeah, it well, was. Right, go ahead and tell us about it. No, no, let's start with emails. No, really. Um, because uh, we had some positive, let's start on the positive beat of things. Um, we have uh, one, uh, I got an email from a Canadian his name is Carl. You sound like a Canadian, like they don't know how to use email or something like whoa, that. Whoa, whoa, don't be insulting to the Canadian, especially, well, maybe listen to what he wrote. Uh, there's an Irish- I'm not insulting. You made it sound so surprised that we got something from a Canadian. I was excited oh, that okay. there was a Canadian. Right. I wasn't surprised okay. that they could use technology. Okay. Do you, know, do you know Canada gave us many wonderful things? Yes. Football, yep. for example, is okay. from Canada. Perfect. William Shatner. There you go. Martin Short. John- it was John Candy? Oh, of course he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, of course he was. Moment Jim of silence Curry. for John. Uh, the, yeah, that's right. Yeah. A lot of funny but people. Brian Adams. Yeah. Because it goes like a knife. <laughs> na, 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 na. I shouldn't have said that. Um, Justin Bieber. Yep. The Biebs. Yep. We should just move to Canada. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Well, the way Toronto is playing, we could, but that's another story. So uh, Carl writes, now you have one Irish and one Canadian who listens to your podcast and are not Franciscan alumni. Whoa, impressive, eh? Absolutely love your podcast. Listen to it faithfully every week. Even listen to Deacon Bob's promotion without hitting forward. Wow. Rock and roll. Wow. Uh, thank you, Deacon Bob and Father Dave. You both are truly a blessing. Sorry, Deacon Bob. Father Dave is a little more of a blessing than you are. There you go. Wow. There you go. How Sorry does that feel? That. Mm. I think it was a fat joke. <laughs> more, more of a blessing. There's just, yeah, yeah. more of a blessing. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, let's just it. be honest. If we were in a tub of water, you would displace that's more liquid it. than I would. That's probably it. Thank you, Carl. Uh, another email uh, came in regarding. Doo, 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 doo. Here we go. Uh, his, his name is Matt. He met us at a student met me at a Steubenville East back in 2002. The good old days of La oh, Salette Shrine. Years ago. Uh, diehard New England fan and wants to see in the NHL finals the Bruins versus Tampa Bay. I'm sure, he does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I would. Yeah. I wouldn't have minded that myself, but that gets us to uh, our sports update. Uh, the the agony of defeat and the, and the thrill and the, and the agony of defeat. So let's. The Cleveland Cavaliers are out of the first round of the playoffs. They lost in game six. I would have gone to game seven had it happened to the New York Knicks. They just got overplayed. They, yeah. they just were deer in the headlights. It, uh, they learned that the, play, the postseason is a lot different than the regular season. So it was, uh, I almost teared up a little bit. It was yeah, actually. Yeah, Bob texts me and he goes, Well, um, I forget what he said, but they said, uh, they're young, which was, I appreciated yeah, that. Yeah, they're one of the youngest young. starting yeah. lineups ever. And then he said that. He said, I teared up a bit. So mm-hmm. I stopped everything I was doing. I called. I said, I'm, I'm here for you. No, no that's not, that's that's not, not what I remember it. But you did okay. actually at least initiate the text with a sorry, Bob, which See? is which shows a small sliver of <laughs> human compassion. That, that you actually are there. <laughs> See that? There were some other crazy upsets, though, in the basketball world. The uh, Sacramento Kings are out. Yep. Uh, they were doing fantastic. They Milwaukee, lost to the Warriors. Gone. Yeah, that was the big upset. The Milwaukee Bucks, who everybody was saying would probably go all the way to the finals, yep. beat by the scrappy Miami Heat, who uh, were in the play-in tournament and barely made it through that, uh, all thanks to Jimmy Butler, also known as Playoff Jimmy. And the Lakers beat... 
and the Lakers beat was it, it wasn't the, um, Grizzlies, the was Memphis it? Grizzlies. Yeah, the Great was yeah. and they were the number two seed. Yeah, right. so the tournament is just wide open, it's particularly crazy. in the East. Did yeah. you follow any of the trash talk of the Grizzlies and the Lakers? No. So Dylan Brooks, who's the defend their star defender on the Grizzlies after Game Two when they beat the Lakers, uh, said that LeBron was old. Oh, I did follow that. And that he doesn't was, respect yeah. anybody who doesn't put 40 points on him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and now, uh, after the following games, when they continued to lose, he would not speak to the press, so he's been fined $25,000. He just walks, storms off. Uh, so, in the West Coast, an, an exciting matchup of the... the well, okay, so the Suns right now are currently the nuggets, yeah. playing the Nuggets. Yeah, yeah. Who, are you rooting, who are you rooting for? These are two of your yeah, teams. Yeah, probably... Probably, I followed the Suns a lot more when yeah. uh, mom and dad had season tickets a number of years ago. So, uh, yeah, probably the Suns. I didn't have a huge affinity towards the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets are going to win it, though. The uh, Nuggets they're, are, they're really good. are stupid yeah, good. And they're, number, they're the number one seed in the West, yeah, aren't they? they yeah, are. yeah. yeah, they're the only really dominant team yeah. still remaining uh, in, in a sense. You know, I like the Suns. I liked them better before Kevin Durant joined them. Yeah. I mean, I like uh, Kevin Durant's an amazing player, so no disrespect there. But... Kevin Durant has a way of just getting, you know, swooped into super teams and suddenly, oh, wow, he, you know, they're winning, you know, finals and they're incredible. I mean, he is an incredible player. There's no doubt about it. But, like, the times he's had a chance to, like, put a team on his back, back. Yeah, yeah. whether it's the Thunder or the Nets. There so, you go. Uh, in the East, uh, but, but I think the more exciting matchup right now, which nobody saw coming, is the Lakers and the Warriors. Uh, in the West. So that's the other matchup. Yeah, yeah. And they're both featuring more veteran players. So the Warriors are surprising everybody. Steph Curry just dropped 50 in a Game 7. No one has ever done that. Not MJ, not LeBron, not anybody. To really, uh, you know, muscle the Warriors uh, into the finals. Uh, LeBron and AD are playing great. Uh, that'll be a, that'll be a yeah, very, be very fun. fun matchup. California matchup. Yeah. Uh, on the East Coast, we have the 76ers and the Celtics. That's the real, that's the real battle that's going on. And they're going to face the winner of the Heat or um, the Knicks. And I'm rooting for the Heat. I'm actually, okay, so let's, let's call what we'd like to see at the end. I would really like to see a Lakers-Heat finals. Mm, interesting. Uh, part of the reason I'm rooting for the Heat is because our beloved Kevin Love, uh, who wasn't making any playing time, got bought out, contract, went to the Heat. He's now starting for the Heat, and he's doing great. So, he's what, 53? I think he's 92 years 92 old. 92 years yeah. old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? Do you have any um, particulars the in Celtics, the NBA? The Celtics and Lakers, just for nostalgia's sake. Oh, uh, that would be, be great. Fun. Yeah, that, that would be great. Fun. I feel like what's going to actually happen is it's going to be the Nuggets versus... Either the Sixers or the Celtics. I mean, both that the, the Sixers Celtics is really almost a finals esque. Yeah, uh, right. Th those teams are great. They've got be, they've got superstars. It's gonna be fun. I'd be happy with that too. Let's move to the NHL. We, oh, go oh, ahead. We're still going. Okay, I thought we did NHL. No, okay. no, we haven't. Okay. No, we just we just uh, lingered it. So here's another thing. My other, so the two teams I had left in playoffs were the Cavs, and they lost, and then. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning, who made it to Game 7 against the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, lost. They had three overtimes in that series. Yeah, they lost they all lost three overtimes. Yeah. I was doing something with my children, so I couldn't watch the game, but I got home. It was overtime. I'm literally putting on my Steven Samkos Lightning jersey 
and they score. If I had gotten that jersey on One two second seconds earlier, earlier it wouldn't have happened. The, the Lightning would have absolutely won. The Maple Leafs, uh, I believe it's been the past six seasons they've lost in the first round, so this was a huge curse breaker for them. And after I get over my pain and sorrow of the Lightning, I might actually root for them. I wonder if we should ask, because we always ask like, who fast-forwards through the um – Ads through oh, yeah. promotions. I wonder who fast forwards through our beginning with our oh, sports. Oh yeah, no, there's a there was somebody. Hockey. There was somebody who very lovingly said that um, uh, her name was Julie, and she said it, uh, the last episode was beautiful and had her in tears. Um, continue to do great things, but maybe give up some of the sports See, talk or bickering to make room for more spiritual stuff. We wouldn't have a podcast <laughs> if we gave that up. But yeah, all right. Really quickly in the NHL, though, some major upsets. Your Colorado Avalanche, yep. uh, who won the Stanley Cup uh, last year, yep. gone out of the first round. The big, the big thing, and I mentioned this, the Boston Bruins, who yep. had the best season in NHL, uh, not just now, but I think ever, or at least one of them, out. Ever. Yeah. Yeah, you ever. Tough ever. Out. Which often happens. If you win the regular season, particularly in hockey, you often don't For some win. reason, yeah. you just don't. You're just not built for the long haul. Interesting thing. Let's uh, get on to what really matters. Okay, so baseball. baseball. Yeah, yep. yeah, You're going yeah. to a game this weekend. All right, wait a second. Wait a second. Can I say something interesting? Yeah. This is, tell me if I'm, I think I'm accurate in this. Okay. If the World Series happened today, based purely on the wins, it would be the Tampa Bay Rays versus the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's what I was going to start saying. Is yeah. Pittsburgh is having a really, really good season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're going to a game. I'm going to a game on Sunday. As am I. Yes, the kids we, we game. We did not plan this together. Well, obviously, because you never would take me to a game. That's right. It's interesting. Once I said I was going to a game, your face fell, and you're like, oh. No, you're you're going to be there. <laughs> I got, uh, I'm like right behind the dugout okay. of somebody. I think the Pirates. I hope so. That's It'll great. be fun. I'm taking my son, Aiden. It's kids' day. Uh, they've got a lot of activities. He's getting like a free wiffle ball bat or something That's like cool. that that says Pirates. It'll yeah, be I'm fun. I'm going with my uh, my nephew who's a freshman here at the university and then a couple of students were all going to the game. So it will be fun. But did you did you follow the story about Drew Maggi, the, the Pirates player? No. Okay, you know what the minor leagues is, obviously. I do, Okay, yes. so this guy's 33 years old. He's been in the minor leagues for 14 years. He was first drafted 14 years ago, actually by the Pirates. Then he went from, I think, a half a dozen different teams in the minor leagues finally got called up about five days ago. Wow. So he got it called. I mean, it was just this huge story. I mean, this yeah. guy in the minor leagues for so long gets called up, ends up getting his first hit RBI day before yesterday, and then he got sent back to the minor, minors. No! Yeah, it's a Wait, tough, that's a horrible story. I thought... So um, I mean, it was he was thrilled. I mean, he really was. He goes, you know, I made it to the majors if nothing else happened. So, but yeah, it was, it was something else. That's a tough, that minor league. Oh, that's a tough. That seems like it's... It is. It's like banana ball without the dancing. Yeah, and, and the money. It's just, it really is. It's a grind. It's yeah. a grind. Yeah. Well, one more email, and uh, it's uh, from Eric, uh, who wishes us a happy Easter. He's Thank a proud you. alum. Thank you, Eric. Um, he loves the sports update, so Love I'm glad it. he did. Uh, and um, he was surprised to hear about the Penguins holding yeah. the record, but uh, he is a Detroit fan and, well, we can forgive you that. But most importantly, he says he doesn't hit the 30-second button when he hears this. Where'd it go? I do. Hang in there, Eric. I checked my emails. This is worth it. <laughs> Actually, I think the uh, Marcom people are listening to our podcast. Some of you may skip listening to podcast <laughs> promos, but here's something you're not going to want to skip. The Steubenville Conferences. 
Our conference season is just around the corner, and we're kicking it off with the Power and Purpose Conference, June 9th to 11th. You can join Father Dave, myself, and Catholics from around the country for a weekend filled with amazing speakers, holy mass, powerful worship, and fellowship. You'll learn more about the Holy Spirit and how He can transform your life. You can register and find out more about Power and Purpose and all our summer conferences at studentvilleconferences.com. That's studentvilleconferences.com. And we really hope to see you there. Yeah, that'll be fun. We have a great lineup. Uh, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers okay. will be there. Mary Bielski. Okay. Mari Pablo. Uh, Deacon Ralph Poyo. And some guy named Father Dave P. P. Bonka. That'll be fun, actually. It'll be... That's it. I was gonna say it's like it's kind of like having you know your children. Which one do you like most? Yes, um, I really like that conference a lot. Yeah, it, it is. It's actually. I mean, I'll say that in terms of adult conferences, it's my favorite. Yeah, it really. It's just a great. It's a great weekend, and it's always fun too because there are people who have come on pilgrimage, and they'll often come to that conference or one of the others. But yeah, it's kind of a reunion time as well. People that yeah. you see maybe once a year. Yeah. So it's, no, it's I would really always good. say it feels like a family reunion. Yeah, that's great. And um, yeah. I just from a music standpoint, I really love that conference. It's really, you know, every time I do worship for a conference, I'm always asking. What's the audience and, and what do I need to do to best lead worship for that audience? Like, for example, Defending the Faith, uh, which is another fantastic conference we do at the end of July. Uh, I'm always thinking, okay, how might I get more hymns involved? How might I do stuff? But like power and purpose, I don't have to think about. It's just the wheelhouse. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like if I was going to listen to worship music, this is what I would yeah, do and this yeah. is what I would sing. It's so a, it's a it's great, great joy. And we really do hope that you could see us this summer, uh, July 7th through 9th. Um, uh, sorry, June 7th yeah, through yeah, 9th, and yeah. like I said, studentvilleconferences.com. Uh, I mean, seriously, pray about it. I think conferences like that, weekends like that, are just powerful moments. Yeah. Um, I know people, spouses often go, and that's a great rekindling of a spiritual life. If you're feeling a little down and sometimes in a rut, go do something about yeah. it. And maybe not power and purpose, but that would be great. But really, it's anything you could do this would is be good. What we had talked about as we were planning for the podcast today was kind of movements, but this is... This is yeah, right actually, in that, in yeah, that, that wheelhouse really is well. that there are ministries that this is what they do, right? It's, it, it was funny when I, I was on Friday night. Okay. Friday night. I was in Cincinnati. I did a, a retreat for the youth ministers, DREs, catech, catechists for the mm-hmm. diocese there. And then that evening we had a banquet. It was a fundraiser for NET, the yeah. National Evangelization Teams. You know, it's funny because I, I was on NET a long time ago and it was really... I, uh, yeah, I can. I think it's fair to say I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Net. Hmm. As a priest, yeah, or, or sitting in this room, I right? Mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, not yeah. like alive. No, right, 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 right. Yeah, right. Okay. yeah. Just, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a good point. Well, well done. That's right. right. I was about to kill and myself, and then Net said, "Yeah, yeah, right." That's um, fun to clarify that. One. No, but it was. It was just. But one of the things that people said is they called Net uh, parachute ministry, and and you just kind of jump in, you do your thing, and you leave. But there's something really important about that. Yeah. You know, sometimes people look speak of it like kind of dismissive. It's like you just come in for a weekend. Well, the number of people that have been impacted through our conferences through a weekend and right. counting the Lord is just, you know, I was just thinking about this as I was driving back from Cincinnati, just the the many ministries, movements that the church has. You know, there's, there's that, there's Focus, which is, you know, Fellowship of Catholic University uh, students. Yeah. Does wonderful work on college campuses. I work also with That Man Is You, which is a movement, um, ministry to men, uh, walking with purpose. Uh, I'm just really grateful to the church. And, and I love the fact that we have a church that 
that affirms all, all of those were started by lay people, right. you know, men and women who were going before the Lord, who were listening, who were seeing that there's a need in the church and that there's a way that they could help fill that need. And it's just the various ministries and movements in the church make us such a richer, richer experience of church. And I do think it's a little unfair. You know, I've heard those comments about net or, you know, even, even, our, our, even, conferences. even our conferences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's really good to do one thing and to do it well, you know, that, um, there's very few ministries that you can say you do everything, you know, like you're the, you know, you're the Walmart of spirituality. You've just got every single thing under the roof that you could need, you know, like, um, you know, when we offer youth conferences, it's really a ministry to parishes who bring kids to it to offer them a great weekend where they can be with other young people around the country, hear the gospel proclaimed, have a dynamic sacramental encounter, um, but it's always with that mindset of you're with a youth group and your youth minister is going to process that. In our own adult faith life, a power and purpose conference, for example, it's not trying to do anything more to than do all right. yeah, just have an inspirational weekend that might kickstart your spiritual life, give you a deeper understanding of the Holy Spirit, and give you some tools that you can go live that. So, you know, I think in all these ministry opportunities, really ministries seem to thrive more effectively when they can just, you know, you mentioned stay in your lane, uh, you know, just... Just be focused on doing one thing and doing right, it really right, well. Right. The parish is the place that really should be trying to be a storehouse of all of these various spiritual activities and things that are going on. But even the parish, I would say, really is in need of help. I think sure. of some youth ministry movements, for example, whether it's a Vagabond Missions or in a Blaze down in Texas. I mean, NET is another example of that. Grace um, in the City. Right, yeah, you know, like— there, there's a recognition that the parish can't do everything. You know, I think we can always wish maybe it would do more. Um, and sometimes that's reasonable and sometimes it's unfair. I think it just yeah, depends. Yeah, yeah. It just depends on the parish. But to be able to have apostolates, you know, as I've been doing more work in youth ministry and research on youth ministry, you're noticing, a, I'm noticing a lot of growth in these kinds of ministry apostolates to whether it be young adults or to young people, where in many parishes who might be struggling financially, uh, struggling with leadership transitions, mm-hmm. you know, it's not uncommon. I, we, we have this with our students all the time. It kind of breaks my heart. A student will get hired by a dynamic pastor and things will be great. And three years later, he'll be reassigned. Somebody else comes in with a very different vision. They're out of a job, right? Yeah. These apostolates actually provide longer stability for people in ministry. Right now, I've, I've mentioned this earlier on episodes of the podcast uh, up in Wintersville, which is the where I'm stationed as a deacon, uh, I'm talking to other Christian churches about bringing in Young Life as an ecumenical outreach. You know that would you know because our parish can't afford a full time youth minister, and some of these other parishes can't afford a full time youth minister. But we could pool our resources to bring in a missionary who could evangelize the young people of our area. And I think uh, that is a real gift and a real grace, and something I hope the church continues to support going forward. When you said Young Life, did you mean working with Protestant churches? Or, yeah, 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 no, no Protestant okay, churches. The, yeah, that's, a, that's an ecumenical no, group. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, and that's another way to go that I think sometimes we don't think about. I mean, we've mentioned before, you know, one of the beautiful things about the pro-life movement has been how ecumenical it is. I think if we can find, you know, common needs in our culture that we can come together on, uh, you can really move the needle in society. You know, if, if we just got all the Christians together yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that could agree yeah, yeah. on something, That's a good start. I mean, forget about it. Like it would, it would just take over, you know, yeah. and it would be, it would be a force to be reckoned with. And, um, you know, the devil always just wants to divide us, but the Lord is calling us to unity. Yeah. I love, yeah. I just love the 
thinking back in my own life, the encounters and experiences, my mom and dad were, I mean, they were, they were active Catholics, but it was really Curcio mm-hmm. that, that brought them into a deeper relationship with Christ and the, the call that the Lord had placed on their life, and deep, deeper sacramental life. But these various ministries that they're, they're like touch points in our life that we encounter them, draw deeper into the Lord. Um, and the, in the youth conferences, that for so many people, I yeah. mean, we've been doing the youth conferences now for over 43, 44 years, something like that. And I mean, I was reflecting one day that that's generations of people that have been impacted. You know, right. we've got we've got people now in their 60s, early 70s that were going right. to youth conferences as kids. And, yeah. and it's their kids and their grandkids. And they've just been such a blessing. I, you know, you and I have done... I don't know, dozens of youth conferences Hundred, over the I've years. I've done hundreds. I mean, no, together. Oh, right, together, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've both done hundreds, but, um, you know, I just think of, like I remember one time somebody said to me, they said, you know, I, I like, this was an adult, I like the youth conferences, but I don't know. I go, well, like, what's going on? And they go, well, they're so emotional. And I said, <laughs> do you spend any time with teenagers? <laughs> Not really. It's like, well. Yeah, that's they're, the they're, thing. They're, they're, there, may, there may be something Sometimes there. people are like, do you talk about chastity every year? Um Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't think this. I don't think that situation goes away yeah, for yeah, yeah. teenagers. This year, you know? it's not an issue. Yeah, so a bunch of teenagers are like, no, I'm not dealing with hormones this year. I'm yeah, totally cool. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about something else. So, I would add to that list uh, our Steubenville Parish Missions. You yeah. know, which uh, you know we haven't done many so far. They're taken off, and but that has a similar feel, I would say, and even just that gift of being in a community for three days straight. And working with the leadership team, and you know, already that's really bearing. You know, we'll we'll see long haul how that goes, but even just in the immediate fruit bearing of it, it it's really it, it's really incredible. Yeah, I think sometimes we have to get past, and you alluded to earlier, the sense that any one person or any group can do it all. Yeah, <clears throat> and honestly, I've dealt with pastors who are maybe a little bit ultra um, controlling, and they don't want. You know, they, they want to be able to think that they could do it all or they really don't want to bring anyone into the parish or they don't want. And that, I just think that's fairly short sighted. Yeah. You know, that if you think about the, you know, when you take a look at a parish, you've got, you know, men and women, elderly, young professionals. And, and to think that the same thing is necessarily going to be able to minister. Obviously, Jesus ministers to us all, but right. but the, the fact that there are other movements out there that, that can help satisfy and help draw their parishioners into the relationship with the Lord, why wouldn't you exercise that? You right. know, why wouldn't you take advantage of that? Well, and it's almost counterintuitive, but it's something that they, they talk about in script writing, which is be really specific about the age and the type of person you're writing the movie towards and you'll get a wider audience. Mm. When you try to get a wider audience, um, nobody shows up for it. And I would say like, even in like parish life, for example, you know, it's not about what topic can reach the most people as much as what specific topic might reach a specific group of people. I was, uh, just last week I had somebody come into one of my classes. She's uh, fantastic in young adult ministry. And she said a lot of the problem with quote-unquote young adult ministries, people try to do a young adult group. And no young adult thinks of themselves as, I'm a young adult. Yeah, like, yeah. let's do this. But when you have ministries like young Catholic professionals, for example, right. you know, you're a professional in the workforce and you're trying to figure out how to live your Catholic identity, that's going to attract a lot of young adults. Theology of the body, that attracts a huge amount of young adults. These are people who are you know reeling with the sexual culture that they've come out of and they're yeah. really trying to reclaim the dignity that God has for them. And so many times I think in ministry, and I think this is what these apostolates can do really well, 
they just focus on a topic. They focus on a theme. They focus on a mission, charism, and, and a charism, and they mm-hmm. and they stick to that and they do that well. And I think if the church can have, and I think does, but even more, a lot of these kinds of apostolates. I think we see that, by the way, on the internet, right? Like nobody just goes to one website. Mm-hmm. You know, you just do a lot of different places, a lot of different things that, that come together. And so it's exciting, I think, the ministry that we've done in our conferences, but even just the university, you yeah. know, in terms of a place where college kids can go. You know, I, I feel like the more we lean into that quote-unquote niche, mm-hmm. the wider reach we have in terms of rebuilding the church. And I must say, I'm always so edified when I travel around and I'm working with these different ministries. And, and I understand that I live in my little world, right? Yeah. That, but the impact that Franciscan University students, alumni, um, people who have gone to conferences are having in the church is just really, really significant. I mean, again, these these were all groups, and there are other groups that we didn't mention, but We've got so many alumni that are out there involved in so yeah. many things and trying to trying yeah. to you know, minister to the people. So it's just a great blessing. And many of you are listening to this podcast. God bless the work that you're doing, and we're just really grateful, and we hope this encourages you to do it. Yeah. All right, let's get to the part of the show that only Julie cares about, or Julie only cares about. She's, okay. been, she's been faithfully hitting the 15-second button to wait until we get to the spiritual stuff. So I think the last part was kind of spiritual, though. It was. Yeah. So, Julie, go back and listen to that. And your ordination's coming up. Anniversary. Anniversary, of, of course. <laughs> yes, happened. congratulations. Yeah. You're yeah, going to yeah. be a bishop. You the nuncio just called me. Oh, He's the Father Bavunga. I want you to be the bishop. I don't know what his accent okay, is. Is he so, French? I don't even know. Or Italian? Um, no, I think he's French. Okay. Can I say, all right, so, yeah, my the anniversary of my ordination is... The your, your diaconate ordination? No, uh, priestly ordination is oh, the fourth. Oh. Your second ordination. Why don't yeah. you celebrate the first one? Because I don't know when it was. Ouch. Actually, I, Ouch. I don't I, I don't know the date. Wow. It's November, maybe 25th. Okay, like just that. stop. Just stop. But here's here's an interesting thing. Um, the bishop that ordained me was Bishop Gilbert Sheldon. Oh my gosh, and who Bishop just Sheldon passed away. just passed away yeah. here in the Diocese of Steubenville. Right, so May 4th, 1996, Bishop Sheldon ordained me. Uh, he just passed away last Tuesday, 96 years old. Yeah, his yeah. funeral is yesterday, if you're no. listening. Yes, yes, yes. On the yes. day this comes out. Yes, yes, there we go. Like, <laughs> poor, I know I had a long day yesterday, but was I at a funeral I didn't know about? Right. Yeah, so no, it's always it's always such a blessing uh, to be able to, yeah, 27 years. It's. I was just thinking the other day how much how much has happened and how now, it's before passed. Before we go into by. that, were you aware when you were ordained that it was Star Wars Day on May the 4th? Um, what do you think, Bob? Mm. I, I think you don't remember your diaconal ordination, so you probably don't realize another significant date. So right, be, you're right. So, that, so when yeah. we were looking at my ordination date, I was thinking, wow, I wonder if they would go for May the 4th. <laughs> be with you. I know. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. What year did you get ordained? 96. Yeah. 27 years. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, continue. What, what, what? what Star Wars came out the closest to that date? Phantom Menace would be a, would be a year or so later, okay. ninety nine. I That's believe. That's kind of what I was shooting for. Yeah, you, but you, but at Pre- that point, the, the uh the buzz of Phantom Menace was yeah, just was starting already, was just, just starting to build. Yeah, yeah in in ninety seven. <laughs> but you were starting me. to say you've been a priest for twenty seven years. Yeah, and it's just interesting. Um, yeah, you, first off, I remember I wrestled. Not remember, but I wrestled with whether or not God was calling me to be a priest. And it, it's funny for as much. Is I went back and forth, and, and you know, it was God calling me to do this, but I want to do this and this that, and the other, and I think I could do that. I can't imagine not 
you know, Peter Priest. It was interesting. They were talking. <coughs> I was listening to a sports reporter, and they were talking to like Magic Johnson and these guys, and they said, you know, if you weren't a professional athlete, what would you be doing? And I was thinking, if I had been a priest, I'm not sure. You know, now when I was studying um, political circus science, clown, yeah, I could be. I was studying political science. I was thinking about maybe law. I like politics, but I just can't imagine not childcare. Um, no, no, because I lose kids all over the place and, <laughs> and don't feed them. And I'm not sure why you would take kids to a baseball park when I want to be there. It's kids' day. I know it. It's kids' but, day. Um, Seriously, but, I, I mentioned to him it was kids' day. He said, I'm going to go on Sunday. And then the thing was, it's kids' day. And he went, oh. And, and, <laughs> so we need to clarify this because, you know, I mean, I get along great with, with kids. But, really? Yeah, but I just don't want like... I'm glad, 10, you, I'm glad 10, you see yourself that way. I, I don't, don't want 10,000 seven-year-olds just <laughs> screaming and all that. But it is, you know, it's it's also interesting. I was just with somebody the other day, and we were having a conversation. And, I mean, I just kind of mentioned casually that we are talking about conferences and speaking yeah. and getting picked up and being low-maintenance and those kinds of things. Um, but one of the things that I shared with is that is how the world has changed. Like, um, when I'm picked up, if somebody's going to pick me up and drive me somewhere, I'm not going to be driven by someone just by themselves. Yeah, I mean it's just it's kind of sad, but it's a world that we live in. And in in many ways, because of the you know the horrible things that my brother priests have done uh, over the years, over the centuries, honestly. Um, but it's just it's a different world yeah. that we live in. You know, we there was a situation recently in a diocese, a, an accusation that was made against a priest, and it turned out to be not not accurate. Not right. it wasn't fair. The whole thing was, but. It, it's. I was talking to somebody. I said, "This is something that I don't know if people realize, but every time something like that happens, or any accusation, or anything like that is made, priests they go through their mind. And and first off, we we feel awful for obviously. I don't have to say this said a million times, but for the things that our brothers have done. I mean, yeah. we just yeah, it just it's just awful. But then we find ourselves thinking, you know, because somebody said, well, they said something that was so awkward. It's like. I mean, who here hasn't done said something that right. was awkward? But we're always like, oh my gosh, I wonder if somebody took that wrong or right. I wonder if that came out wrong or I wonder if somebody felt uncomfortable because I remember I had a situation one time. I was literally running, we were in the middle of a board meeting. I was running between meetings from one committee meeting to another. And uh, I was walking past the chapel and this young guy asked me, he said, yes, Father Dave, could, could I go to confession? And he said, honestly, I just, I can't right now. I said, I'd love to, I just can't right now. I'm in the middle of thing. And then I was thinking, you know, years from now, he's like, well, yeah, I, I tried to go to confession with this priest. I mean, but <laughs> yeah. you, you laugh at this. That but, was the but, one time I was going to, but yeah. But but this is real. I mean, and this is what goes through, you know, our minds is is the world that we live in. And, you, you know, you even said Kids Day. I, I was, I found myself anxious saying, you know, I like kids. Um, but to be able to live in a world that everything that we say can be taken out of context or can right. be wrong yeah. or... You know, I even, you know, going, spending time with my nephew or something like that. It's just, it's just a different world that we live in. And, and it's, it's something that I don't know that most people think about it or recognize it, but it's, it's, yeah, it's something that when we're talking about like, is it different? It's what I expected, that kind of thing. Those are some of the things that you didn't expect. I was in a a parish in New York and I love New Yorkers. They're very blunt. And, um, there, we were talking about youth ministry and this, he was a pastor and he actually had. Uh, a pretty good youth ministry thing going, and somebody mentioned something about 
uh, spending time with kids. And he went, whoa, I don't spend any time with them. Yeah. He said, I, and it's, it's in the very New York way. And I, and I don't disparage him. I just actually appreciate his honesty. He's like, they say one thing I'm out. So no, I'm never there. Yeah. And I, I at first I was kind of like, oh, that's shockingly blunt. And then in a way it's kind of horrible. And then it's really actually just tragic because what he's recognizing is he's, he's essentially saying, I feel like as a priest, now not all priests feel this way, but I feel as a priest, it's better for me just to stay away from young people yeah, because horrible. one accusation can happen. And you are absolutely, it, it is sickening to know some of the abuse that has gone on. It's also sickening to know um, how quickly um, people who end up being innocent are treated, thrown out of parishes, sure, you sure, know, not sure, given absolutely. due process. Absolutely. I mean, there was, um, uh, there was a survey not that long ago of bishops and priests, and one of the you know, which was sadly, the bishops thought they were doing a great job being spiritual shepherds to their priests. The priests did not agree with that. And one of the issues they brought up was that, you know, if the bishop is accused of something, the diocesan press office, you know, makes statements and protects and does things. But if as a priest, you're accused, the diocese almost feels like they need to be, the they have to jump in front of it. They have to be the one that acts the quickest, that uh, accuses the fastest that gets them immediately out of you know ministry, even if there's not anything substantive. And it, yeah. it's attention again. No, yes, and, and scandals absolutely right, right. happen. And, and that's just it. I, we we know yeah. why they do it because for so long, right. you know, they didn't do that. But we live in a world now that like transparency is you just kind of make everything, and that's not that's not ultimately it's not fair. It's not right, and, yeah. and ultimately it's not that effective. Truth be told, yeah. But it just, again, it's it's the world that we live in. I know why it is that we live it because, you know, we we as a church, we as a clergy brought this upon ourselves. But it is something that's that's just different, you know, yeah. that, that we approach ministry different. We approach these some of these situations different. With that being said, um, you know, my, my 27 years is just, you know, I was just thinking about, the people that I've been a part of their lives. And yeah. I just was with a couple that I, I married, man, I guess they've got a child that's 19, so maybe 20 years ago and just wow. got eight kids. And it's just such, such the greatest, greatest blessing. So yeah, I, I celebrate 27 years and I'm getting old and <laughs> I, I had a physician reach out to me and uh, he's really, really the nicest guy. Did and he say you're a little bit too much of a blessing? No, he said to me, he said, um, he said, I just want to know, want you to know that, I care for you. And he said, he goes, I realize that, you know, anybody's replaceable, but you really need to take care of yourself with, <laughs> with the work that you're doing. Yeah. But he asked me about, he's a physician. He asked me, you know, are you getting regular checkups? Or are you getting your blood test at this age? You should be having these tests and this, that. He goes, he just said this because I care for you. It's like, all right, I appreciate it. So, yeah. yeah. Where, um, it, so when you were getting ordained and you thought, and if you thought of yourself 25 years, 27 mm -hmm. years later. Where did I see myself? Uh, yeah, where did, you, where did you see yourself? Like, as getting ordained, what were you thinking someday? I don't know, because everyone thinks that, right? You can't help but think that yeah. a little bit. Honestly, I, I, I can't, honestly, I, I could say now, I mean, fairly soon after I was ordained, people kind of started joking about, oh, you're going to be president of the university someday. Yeah. And you were actually fairly quickly made assistant president, to, right? To Mike, yeah, yeah. To Father Mike, yeah. Um, but there was never, at that time, I, I saw myself being in at a college, you know, yeah. young adult ministry, yeah. being with young people. Um, it's something that, that I've, you know, since I was 17, 18 years old, just really enjoyed that ministry. So that's, you know, that's where I saw myself. And yeah. 
Yeah. And I would say we thought that too. And then we stopped thinking it. Yeah. And, yeah, then, yeah. It, and then it about, happened. About I mean, being the president. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It, you know, uh, I can probably tell the story, but you, Father Dave and I were at a hockey game, a Penguins game, and I was just sharing about some of the things going on at the university. And I remember you think, and you saying something like, I'm just so glad I'm I have, not nothing, I have right nothing to do with Franciscan University. Well, I'm sure I didn't say that. I just well, said, I'm glad I'm not in the middle true, of that. That's true. You said yeah, you're glad you're yeah. not. Well, but you were glad that because you were doing uh, your mission stuff, you were traveling, right you know, and you were happy to. You're just happy to be doing that and fulfilled and everything. You know, there was zero ambition of yeah. someday I'll come. It was just, you're doing great. Yeah, and then that's fair. the next day was the resignation of the president. And I <laughs> forwarded it to you being like, you might get drawn into this quicker than you think. <laughs> yeah. But even that, you know, honestly, it was, it was, yeah, one of those things that was talked about quite a while ago. And then they just kind of passed. Maybe it was, the, well, maybe that time was not going to happen, which you're right. I mean, I loved what I was doing. I remember when. When I got elected to be the president, my talking to my mom and dad, my mom was crying because that's what moms do. And um, my dad just said, he said, your life is going to change so drastically. He said, you know, for the last six years, you've traveled full time. You've, you know, done yeah. like the, the wild goose, things like that. I never thought about doing that kind of thing or writing books. Never thought about that, you know, when I was ordained. Um, but he said, your life is going to change so much. He goes, the last six years you've done, he said, you've done everything you've loved and that's about to change. <laughs> but I love, I, and, and that's, I love the university and I, I just, I just so rejoice I'm able to be here, be the pastor, be the shepherd here. So it's, it's been a great 27 years and Amen. you've been a part of all of them. Amen. Amen. I have been. Yep. Yeah. It's a, it's been a gift. Amen. Well, shall we close in prayer? Yes. Should I do it? I'll do it. Since it's your, I'll do it as a gift to you as an ordination gift. You remember I like small gifts. Yeah. The first sourful mystery yeah, that's right. is. Almighty God and Heavenly Father, we just love you so much. And we're just so grateful for the journey that you have us on, the places that uh, we go, where we don't think we're going, where we thought we'd go, forgot, and then end up there anyway, uh, but all through your grace. Uh, we just ask that you would continue to guide us and lead us. You know the plans you have for us, plans for prosperity, for welfare, not for woe. In a special way, we pray for anybody who is struggling. We had a number of prayer requests on the email that we're praying for, uh, people in difficult job situations, difficult health situations. Lord God, uh, this last Sunday we heard of you walking with us even in the valley of the shadow of death. And so we just ask that we would always, be rec we would always recognize your presence. Your presence is always there, Lord God. Give us the gift to recognize that in the good times and in the bad. Um, bless Father Dave on the celebration of his ordination and any other priests out there. Uh, we're just so grateful for their yes and their ministry. Just continue to give them strength and protection in a difficult time and in a difficult culture. And all of us, may we draw closer to your heart, Lord. We ask this blessing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It's actually just Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yep, yep, Not in exactly. the name. Nope. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm yep. a rookie. Right. In the places we go, I thought you were going with Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Good times and bad. Oh, this was a wedding. There you go. Hey, uh, you can tell we read our emails, so send us do. one. What hope, do you do? hope at franciscan.edu. Hope at franciscan.edu. See you at the baseball go. game, Bob. Go Pirates. Great to have a bunch of kids there. 10,000 screaming <laughs> seven-year-olds.